guys. My name is Damien Brown, former UFC veteran, military veteran in Australia, now current gym owner and MMA promoter in Brisbane, Australia, and you are joining me on the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm your host, Justin Williams. And you know, I'm never... Actually, today I'm alone. Nee and Kobe don't like me anymore, and I'm going solo for this interview. But a little bit of Nee is with us, because you know he's from Australia, so he set me up with an Australian fighter today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who's been on UFC, Ryzen. He's been in Cage Wars. This man has been everywhere, and he's Australian, which is cool, so this interview is going to sound awesome. Please welcome Mr. Damien Brown. Damien, how you doing? Hey, man. How are you? Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on, mate. So... Uh, little bit about yourself uh you're a ufc you're an mma fighter a professional mma fighter are do you still fight uh constantly according to wikipedia you haven't fought since 2019 so are you like semi-retired are you retired now what's up oh man i'm COVID retired um no i uh i i was you know obviously always active you know i think most athletes would tell you it's very hard to run a business at the same time as being active Mm -hmm. i'm not retired uh, I, I recently did another another interview and <clears throat> like I'll never retire. Like I'm I'm one of those guys that if I'm in my 40s and someone presents the right opportunity, you know, maybe one more dance and so it's it's not really um it's not really something I sort of I just sort of see myself sailing off into the sunset one day and never being offered a fight again. But um <laughs> definitely when COVID happened, you know, I was coming back for some surgery and I was getting ready for a fight and. It sort of just put a spanner in the works, obviously, and out of my control. So, you know, I spent a bit of time focusing on my businesses and consequently they they boomed and, you know, I don't really have a reason to fight anymore, but I, um, I'm definitely looking for a fight. In fact, I, I may even have one, but I won't be looking to fight four or five times a year again or anything like that. So, yeah, we'll just see, we'll just see what comes up. Oh, do you want to tell us a little more about this fight potentially coming up or is that still uh, under wraps? I still haven't even signed the contract, but it's in my email, so uh, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit under wraps. You know, we're just uh, we're working through some details, but it's a very exciting fight as far as the Australian MMA scene goes. And I always said I'd never fight in this country again, but you know, uh, it was the offer was too good to refuse, and I don't mean money wise either. I just mean like the opportunity was too good to refuse, and um, so yeah, for the first time in. I don't know, seven years, five, five years, or six years, or something like that, or fighting, fighting Australia again. So here we are. Damn, that's so cool. It's funny you mentioned the email thing because I have an email from my agent. I'm an actor as well, and he was saying that uh, there's a potential for a small movie role for me, and I was like, cool. And he goes, just read over this contract and see me, and tell me what you think. That was two days ago. I still haven't looked it over yet. I'm. Uh, mom, mom was three weeks ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've looked over it. I just, uh, you know. Just got to decide whether it's 
the right thing for me or not. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We will indeed. Well, personally, because you're now a uh, a brethren of the show, I hope you do fight and I hope you do win. So that's any case Thank for you. you. Oh, anytime. Now, kind of progressing forward, there have been quite a few UFC fighters coming through from, or just MMA fighters in general coming from your neck of the woods. Uh, what do you think about the most talked about person right now, Alexander Volkanovsky? How do you feel he is going to go down in the legacy of the MMA world? Yeah, look, I, I think people don't give the smaller guys enough credit. I mean, everyone talks about John Jones being the GOAT and, hey, listen, I agree, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think John Jones is a phenomenal athlete. He's definitely tarnished his legacy from outside of the sport. But as far as looking at him as a martial artist and, and what he's done inside the cage, I mean, he's easily in that conversation of, you know, the greatest of all time. I mean, he, t- he takes people down if he needs to. He beats him up on the feet if he needs to. I mean, he, he finds a way to win against anyone with any style. Mm-hmm. I think uh, if you were to line them up and say, which one would you want your kids to look up to? I would want my kids to look up to Alex Volkanovsky. And that's just, uh, you know... The guy, the guy can do it all. You know, he can. He uh, he's faced submission artists. Um, we've seen that with Ortega. He's faced uh, you know Max Holloway, most uh, significant strikes in featherweight history, I think, still. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he, he's faced these guys in their prime. Like Holloway, I don't even think he was even thirty when he when he faced him the, the first couple of times, and it was um, a guy that was dominating everyone. You know, like the things that. Holloway had done to Ortega and everyone else before him. And then Volkanovski came along and he 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 knows how to win, you know, and he, and he can do it anywhere. And we've just seen it. I, I actually personally thought his biggest challenge he was ever going to face was Yair Rodriguez. And fuck, man, he made it look so easy. Yeah. Like, I was like, you know, he, in my opinion, Yair Rodriguez sets no patterns mm-hmm. and is very unpredictable in his ability to you know close the distance and strike and a lot of spinning stuff and jumping stuff and never seems to get super tired can do it for five rounds but i kind of thought it might have been difficult for him to make a read on him and 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 draw something out of him that was somewhat predictable um but he didn't he he made it look very easy and you can go back and watch it and it was genius Uh, i think alex volkanovsky is easily um you know the greatest martial artists that we've probably seen to this point i think the reason why people don't talk about it as much is because you know guys like anderson silver were specialists in certain areas as far as the way they were able to dismantle people and i just think that because he's not a specialist in a certain area people don't give him enough credit for his ability to strike wrestle and do jiu-jitsu so yeah but that's my opinion i, I think uh i think alex volkanovsky's a couple of fights away from being undeniable and the only time he's been beaten in the ufc was when he went up a weight class and uh you know people would call me biased but i'd argue that he won that too i genuinely thought he won that as well but i mean it is what it is and had he won that there'd be no question he'd be a champ champ and have the uh, pound for pound for him and he would be on top of the world, and it, I feel like McGregor would get jealous and somehow want to fight him. So, well, McGregor should be jealous. I mean, look, you know, people talk about it online. Conor McGregor, I literally just sent a tweet. Ali 
Abdulaziz. Is that is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I only look at it to say it. But Ali, you know, um, Nemegamedos, um, manager. He just put a tweet up about you know the family damaged your legacy or ended your legacy or something like the Conor McGregor legacy is is strong. You know what I mean? Like the, the guy just got brought back for the Ultimate Fighter f- purely for ratings. He, did, he barely coached a bloody session the whole time. Mm-hmm. He was there purely for ratings, and if if anyone thinks, I know they just say it, you know, because it is what it is. But if anyone thinks that his legacy is tarnished or there's some kind of damage there, they're, they're kidding themselves. That guy is a multi-millionaire uh, for a reason, and um. He'll stay that way probably forever. He's an intelligent person. He's got a lot of good people around him, obviously, as far as investments go. And, um, you know, on the surface, he uh, he makes a bit of a deal of himself, but usually everything leads to some kind of financial benefit or gain. So, he's usually pretty calculated. But, um, you know, uh, uh, he's never, ever defended a belt. No. You know, he never defended the cage warriors' belts. He won the featherweight one. He won the lightweight one. Signed with the UFC. Won the featherweight one. Won the lightweight one. Never defended him. You know. <laughs> um, so, he, yes, he's the champ. Yes, he's been you know world champion four times or whatever, twice in the UFC. But you can't even compare a guy that wins fights, builds his legacy. I mean, he's he's a classic case of a prize fighter. He got in, he got out, kind of thing. He's not out, but you know, you get in, you make your money, and and you go about your life whereas someone like Volkanovski's you know he's he's a champ he's defended his belts he's he's been about it for a long time and um I don't even think him and McGregor can be compared as far as the martial arts goes I fully agree there can't really be a comparison between somebody who's an active defending champion versus somebody who's never defended a title yes mcgregor can talk better on the mic and obviously how you present yourself is how you get signed and all those bookings and shit but yeah and he's got more money you know so everyone be like oh he's more successful well maybe if you look at money as success but you know there's lots there's lots more to success than money in my opinion oh a thousand percent there, there's a legacy are you a good person just like tai tuivasa doing the shoeies it's a legacy but uh kind of touching on tai tuivasa real quick how do you see his progression in the UFC going? I love that guy. He's so funny. Hey, mm-hmm. have you, I, I, I haven't been around him a lot, but I've been around him enough to know that like there's you, you can't be in his presence without laughing. He's uh, he's always pretty lighthearted and um, doesn't take stuff too seriously. So he's he's super funny. Look, I I thought. I thought that he his best chance at winning the UFC title, which is crazy, mm-hmm. because you know his jiu-jitsu clearly isn't where his striking is, uh, right. and that's that's not a dig. But I mean, you just look at his style, right? He's a he's a banger. He's got great kickboxing skills. He has even evolved his striking in the past. You know, sort of six or seven fights. You you could see it, like when he went on that three fight losing streak. He came back. He was calculated, and you know he he was making decisions in there. He wasn't just fighting. And uh, I think he even might have spoke about that at some stage. So I was I was surprised that he got stopped by Gain. I thought he might have beat him. In fact, he was looking pretty good against him. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, I was super surprised that he got back in there straight afterwards against Pavlovich, I think it was. Yep. Um, very surprised that that fight happened so quickly after being knocked out. 
Um, but that's why, you know, he's he's gone and intelligently taken a long break. You know, I don't know the reasons why more than anyone else, but I'm going to assume that, um, you know, he made bank and uh, he realized that to, in order to play the long game, or hopefully some people around him just said to him, in, or, in order to play the long game, sometimes you just got to take a break, you know, and um, you got to let your head rest. And he's a heavyweight, so, um, you know. Um, let that head rest. Aspinall said it best. He's like, you, you know, heavyweight's like its own sport. He he literally said that this week. Mm-hmm. It's like its own sport. You know, you you can be in shape, out of shape. You can be a jiu-jitsu guy. You can you can have. To, it doesn't really matter who you are. Like one punch changes everything as at a heavyweight um, sort of level. And so it it really is something. You know, they can, they can fight easily into their forties. They tend to not take as much toll on their body, like their joints, as as much as the smaller guys jumping around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and we typically see heavyweights fight a lot longer. So I, I think very intelligent to take a a good break. I think he's got a great fight ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did I definitely thought that he you know he could have beaten Gain. I, I think they have that fight again. He he might even beat him. So. Um, yeah, I thought it was a. I thought it was a perfect. It was a very exciting fight. I, I tuned in for that bad boy. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think he's had a good break, and I think he'll come back and probably surprise some people on uh, September nine, September ten in Australia. So I'm, I'm excited for that. And again, it's 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 prize fighting, but you you've got to build a life outside of fighting. And you know, Conor McGregor did that, and. Tied to Avasa's doing that, you know. He's he's, he's done the shoeies. He's made a name. For, like, look, there's other guys that did the shoeies before he did, mm-hmm. um, but he did it at the right time on the right platform, and uh, and he ran with it. And then he brought out the shoey. So now he's actually got the shoey mm-hmm. that people can put their bottle into and drink properly, you know. And and he's got Drink West with uh, with Tyson and, and Nathan Cleary, and so they've got their own their own uh, brewery now as well. You know, so it's great to see these guys doing things outside of MMA and sort of setting themselves up for, for later on because an athlete's career is only as long as his body can handle it for. So, yeah. um, you know, at any moment, at any weight, any moment, that can give out, you know. He's he's had a football career before that. So, you imagine he's, his body's probably taken its toll on uh, on what he's put it through. So, um, including the partying. <laughs> so... You know, at, at any time, he might need to rely on those outside sources, and and he's he's done a, a really good job of setting himself up. So it's it's um, kudos to him. I'm, I'm I love seeing that sort of stuff. And I mean, exactly. Thanks for the insight. And you did the same thing too. So don't knock yourself there, sir. You started a gym, and you've kind of set yourself up as well for uh, success post fighting. So kudos to you. It's you know one sensei teaching a student. BetUS Sportsbook is your ultimate destination for online betting. With sports betting, live betting, racebook, online slots, and online casino. It's available across the U.S. and Canada. Use the code PSP to receive a massive sign-up bonus. Yeah, I, I just think that fighters don't do it enough, you know. Like, I could go on for hours. I've done other, other chats about it before, but, you know, a fighter complaining about not getting paid enough is a fighter not doing enough with their money, really. I mean, we're, we're in an era in the sport where you're not getting paid a million dollars to fight unless you're the top 1%. Mm-hmm. But if, you, if you're getting 10 and 10 and you're not investing it and you're living off it, well, what do you expect? You know, no one lives off a casual job. So, it's it's kind of like... It's, it's necessary to complain about pay in order for the next generation to benefit from it. But 
you know, it's not going to change today. So I, I just think that fighters need to be doing more. Um, you know, I had a full-time career the whole time I was fighting and could I have done better in the UFC had I have not worked full-time in between training camps? Yeah, potentially. But, you know, I, I, was, uh, I was in that era where I, I needed to look after my family and I used my fight money to invest and, um, you know, now, now I've got my own promotional company and, and two gyms. So, that's, you know, that's what I did. Uh, I think more fighters need to do it. Well, let's talk about your promotional company then. Good segue. Tell us about it. Tell the fans about it. So beatdown promotions. So we're on uh, we're on Instagram and, and Facebook. So check us out. But um, we we've had four shows now. We get a fifth one coming up. Mm-hmm. We had four shows inside the first twelve calendar months. There you go. Very successful. We sold out each event. We did good numbers on YouTube. We run a free stream, uh, quality stream. Not not one of the ones that drop out here and there, but like a free quality stream. Uh, we pay a lot of money to make that happen. And um, uh, it's a promotion run by a fighter for the fighters and, and the fans. So um, I, I don't necessarily run it so I can be, you know, the next UFC or the next Dana Ward or whatever everyone else wants to do. You know, I've been in fighting for a long time and I feel like fighters need something in particular and I, I feel like the fans need an experience. They need a night out. So, yeah, I just uh, I started it up to help one of my teammates actually get into MMA. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just sort of ran from there, really. I ran the first show and I, I didn't make money, but I didn't lose money. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm not chasing my tail, so I'll do it again. And um, so, I did it again and now I'm planning my fifth show, which is on September 16. And we've got some big plans for next year as well. So, we'll just see where it goes and... Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really ever do anything with like a with like an end goal. I just have short term goals, and you know, same as set my gym up. I just I just wanted to coach, you know. And then all of a sudden, I've got seven hundred square meters, or I think it's about twenty one hundred square feet mm. gym, and uh, and I've got a second gym now, and you know maybe we'll have a third one soon. So I don't really set it up so I can go. This is the end goal. It's just like you know, this is what we've got to do to get to the next stage and we'll just see how, how far that goes. So, yeah, but we, you know, we're a promotion that's ran by a fighter. So, I like to think that there's a better experience there. I've fought all over the world for promotions that are in like local halls all the way through to the UFC, Cage Warriors, Legend FC, Ryzen. Ryzen um, yeah. So, I feel like I can offer that top level sort of show feel to the fighters and the fans. Mm-hmm within what you can do domestically budget-wise. So, so far, so good. Oh, I, listen, I have to come out and check uh, check a show out there. I have a few friends that actually moved to Australia. So, yeah. I might have to go tell them to go uh, go down and, and catch the next show. And we, it's a really good event. Um, we run it in a, a ballroom at a local a local hotel. But it's uh, the, ho- the hotel is like the biggest one in the area, like as in – in a state, it's um, it's massive, and they run ten thousand tickets at outdoor concerts. Like it's a big venue; it's not just a pub. Mm-hmm. And they've got a grand ballroom, and we run it inside a ballroom that's on two levels. So you can you can sit upstairs and look down into the cage, or you can sit downstairs. It's pretty cool. Oh dang! And how do fans go get tickets? Is it just through your Instagram, or is there a? Oh you- uh, yeah, you can go through our Instagram bio, mm-hmm. or you can jump on Eventbrite and uh, buy them there. But on our Instagram bio, or you can check out our website, beatdownpromotions.com.au. Mm-hmm. 
Well, perfect. So I'm, I have to send it to my buddy and be like, listen, he just got married. I'm sure it'd be kind of fun for him. Maybe not his wife, but we'll see how they take it. She'll probably love it. Uh, I don't know. She's She'll like a, love it. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna assume so. But also, yeah, you gotta t- you you gotta tell her to come as well. It's it's uh it's not like uh I think the problem with MMA is what it's perceived to be is is you know you go to a pub and you watch people fighting, right? And so what we try to do is we try to make sure that it's a a good night out, so people aren't like super focused on the sporting event, but more the night out and the experience. Right. And you really get that at this uh, at this venue. So, it's it's really good like that. We love that. I mean, my, my friend's wife is a – and he's an avid listener to the show, so he knows what I'm talking about. But she's a like small dog walking, Starbucks drinking, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift listening type of individual. Yeah, so, right. I mean, she might. She might. I don't know if she likes wrestling, so perhaps. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Before we get you out of here, there's just a couple – I like to ask one more serious question and then a couple little janky fun to let you go on a bit of a high note there. Any Australian MMA fighters we should be on the lookout for on the up-and-coming kind of scene? Yes. Who would that be? I think uh, – and they're not from my promotion, but uh, I think on September 8, mm-hmm. there's a promotion in Sydney two nights before the UFC – and I think everyone should look out for the welterweight title fight between Joseph Luciano and Matthew Vale. Matt Vale has been on the cusp of signing with the UFC, I'm sure, numerous times. And uh, for whatever reason, the UFC gods don't like him. But he is by far the best welterweight this country or region, Australia New Zealand, has seen in a very long time. And Luciano is on the up He's the current champ. So, I think as far as welterweights go, they're, they're definitely the two to keep an eye on. And then uh, Beatdown Promotions um, mainstay, um, who's also the co-main event of our next card, is Stuart Nickel. He's a 6-0 jiu-jitsu black belt flyweight who has a, a very, very good jiu-jitsu and wrestling background. And I think that he's the next guy that will sign with the UFC. He's uh he's the only active flyweight, uh sorry he's the highest ranked active flyweight, uh in the area. The only guy above him is currently at bantamweight. So um, yeah I I don't know uh, I reckon I reckon the UFC matchmakers should be looking out for him to be honest. Um and he's he's fighting the week after the next UFC card, so he'll be ready to go if they need someone. But um yeah definitely without uh, shying away from. From all the other promotions, I, I just think that that welterweight title fight is probably the best the best fight in this country um, that everyone should tune in for and, and definitely watch it. Matt Vale has been on my card. He's like a seven or eight time Australian New Zealand champion uh, for another promotion as well. And now he's fighting for them for the first time and um, fighting for their belt. Uh, and I believe... He he's sort of on not not really short notice, but because it's still six or seven weeks away. But you know, I don't think it was planned. I think he stepped into to sort of uh, make the fight. So um, yeah, that's definitely one people should tune in for. I hope that Matt Vale gets his opportunity. Uh, Luciano's got heaps of time on his side, so even if he took a loss, he'll bounce back from that and probably dominate everyone else anyway. But Vale's uh, you know he's in his thirties and. Um, You'd hate to see a guy that's been at the top for a long time put all that work in, not get a chance. So um, keep an eye on those guys and Stuart Nickel. Well, you heard it here first. Is he related to Bo Nickel by chance? 
<laughs> He's not, but uh, as a flyweight, I reckon he'd do just what Bo Nickel does. Ooh. Well, look at that. All right, sir. So before we get you out of here, we have some silly little questions for you. Uh, now, because the show is hosted in Canada, we're from Toronto. Have you ever been to Canada and have you ever had a poutine before? I have not been to Canada and I have been asked about a poutine numerous times. Uh, I commentate Ryzen with uh, my Canadian friend, um, Joe Ferraro. Oh, okay. And, uh, and they've talked about this as well. Is that the, that's the loaded fries, basically, hey? Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't had it. Okay. That's fair. You really need to. You're doing yourself a complete disservice. Yeah, I would love to come to Canada. It's my number one holiday destination, always has been, and I've never really just had the opportunity or the timing to make it happen. So, mate, we have I will a, get there. Please do. We have a Canada's Wonderland. Your little lad will love it. Yeah, sweet. And we also have Niagara Falls too. Like we're pretty bitching here. Yeah, in, at least Ontario, anyways. Uh, and number two, have you? Has your other friend Joe Ferrero talked about a beaver tail before? No. He has not. You can tell him that a fellow Canadian asked him to remove his Canadian card, send it back to Canadian <laughs> Tire, where it will get destroyed. <laughs> so a beaver tail is basically you have you have to imagine almost like dough deep fried, but like elongated. So imagine like the size of an oval pizza, if you will. Yep. But it has different toppings. It could be like peanut butter and Nutella, or it could be like a pie flavored, like one Wait, of the big hmm? peanut butter and Nutella together. Yeah, of course. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. No, we're fat over here too. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I like that. I like the sound of it. Right. Not, yeah, I've never mixed them. Oh, you really should. I've been doing this since I was like a kid. It's just- Oh. Yeah. Wow. You had Vegemite? No, never once. Yeah, you got to try that. Most people hate it. I don't know why, but it's an acquired taste apparently, but we grow up on it, so it's just a thing. I can't remember what song it was. Oh, Land Down Under or something. They talk about a Vegemite sandwich, and I was like, what is that? Yeah, Vegemite. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. All right, mates. Um, so, this technically concludes the interview. Well, almost, actually. Kobe has to edit this part now. Where can our fans and friends find you on social media? I've been very active lately. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Beatdown155. You can find my gym at Base Training Center on Instagram and Facebook. My promotion at Beatdown Promos. Um, or you can check out our website, beatdownpromotions.com.au. But yeah, follow me. I've been putting lots of uh, lots of reels up, lots of tutorials, lots of uh, breakdowns and stuff. So give it a share and show the love. Brilliant. I just gave you a follow on Twitter and on Instagram myself. Thank you. So you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Go get some men to follow. Thank you so much for coming on, buddy. It's a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website, www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience. Where no sport is left behind.